Five o'clock on a Friday, Hillbilly Vegas blaring. I ask you, every single week, does it get any better? And the answer remains the same. No, it doesn't. We don't have very many summer weekends left. Enjoy them. Look, I'm ready for football season just like anybody. Trust me. But I also want to enjoy these summer weekends as well before we get to the start of the football season in 36 days. Hillbilly Vegas, 5 o'clock on a Friday. Congratulations. You made it to the weekend. I'm at Westwood Park Golf Course. Spend the weekend here. Right here in Norman, Westwood Park Golf Course. If you're not a golfer, you can go to the Westwood Pool. If you're all about tennis, that's great. They have the Westwood Tennis Facility as well. They got it going on here in Norman. Travis is on Lake Eufaula, Flamingo Fish and Marine. He's been fishing today with some OU offensive linemen. Were you guys jamming some uh, Hillbilly Vegas in the boat while you were uh, catching some fish today or what? Well, uh, you know, we don't want to scare off the fish. So no, we weren't we weren't nah. jamming out uh, too hardcore, you know. It's it's uh, you know I saw something the other day. I'm not sure if music actually um, scares the fish off, but I think it's just something all of our you know dads and grandfathers told us to get us to shut up as kids. Like yeah, just just stop talking, <laughs> stop talking. You're gonna scare the fish off. Like I think yeah. that may have been you know when you get older and you start to think to yourself, I think I may have been tricked. I think I may have been bamboozled. I think that might be a little bit of that. But we, we weren't jamming out. We were focusing on fishing. That's awesome. And uh, like you reported earlier, Jake Taylor did catch the most fish out of all of the offensive linemen, freshmen from Vegas. He caught eight today? Is is that what I recall? Yes, sir. Yeah, he was uh, – Wow. Uh, yeah, he, he was – a little bit uh, tough at first. He actually got a little bit later of a start before we kind of divided up the boats differently, all that. And he uh, he made a roaring comeback. He looked like he was going against a uh, a Lincoln Riley uh, coached second half team because boy oh boy he was unstoppable. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. That. Uh... That's kind of the NIL uh, partnerships that they're doing right now, and cool that you're out there as well. It's 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 been a fun day. But, you know, I, I've been saying the biggest story in recruiting today, I think it's probably the biggest story in the entire sport, is that Malachi Nelson, five-star quarterback, formerly an OU commit, currently a USC commit, he followed Lincoln to SC, he's on a visit at Texas A&M right now. And that has created a ton of controversy And one video that I did watch, Travis, about 45 minutes ago was from Scott Schrader, who covers USC. I believe it's for 24-7. And what he basically said is, you know, here's the current situation. USC's NIL collective currently isn't to the level of a Texas A&M, of a Texas, of an Oregon. It doesn't really sound like they have their things in order like we were initially led to believe. Now, Scott Schrader's take who I think he does a good job. He covers USC. He thinks today, like right now, it's a very low probability that Malachi Nelson ends up flipping and going to A&M. But he also said, I'm not so necessarily sure that's going to be in the case four months from now. He kind of let on that if USC doesn't get its act together when it comes to NIL, there is a real fear that players like a Malachi Nelson, like a Zach Branch, like a Makai Lemon, their top three ranked recruits, may not be there by the time the first signing day rolls around in December. Yeah, and you know what? And man, that would I would just feel so bad for Lincoln Riley if that happened. Um, but um, what's interesting is 
the narrative that is causing this, right? Because you don't see that with other places. You don't see Oklahoma, for example, them saying, oh, you know, Oklahoma's NIL opportunities aren't what we were led to believe, you know, by the national media, by anybody else. So we're going to start shopping around. But that's the risk you run whenever you go to the glitz and the glam of L.A. You find out that all that shimmers is not gold. So, um, yeah, I, I think that when you predicate a lot of your recruiting efforts around L.A., Hollywood, we've got movie stars here, we've got champions, we've got all this, and all you have to do is look at Caleb Williams' commitment edit. If you look at that commitment edit, you can go around and name about 25 things on there that have nothing to do with football. Um, and and that's the bed they made. And the problem is, if you make that bed, and that you know that bed isn't made out of money, then uh, then you're gonna lose a lot of those guys that are going after that exact thing. Yeah, you know, one thing I took out of that video from Scott Schrader was, well, you know, USC fans may be able to breathe a little bit easier if he's right. It's a low probability that the flip happens now. But at the same time, if the flip happens now, at least you can try to do something and you know have some time to salvage this 23 class. If USC doesn't get its NIL collective in order and then all these guys decommit in four months' time, well, you're running right up against signing day number one. There would be no time whatsoever to salvage the 2023 class. So I'm almost of the opinion, Travis, if it's going to happen, if this is inevitable – the better situation if it happens now for USC so they have time to react, not in late November or something. And I, I think that's something that USC's got to worry about. And you're right, man. If you want to sell your school on NIL Collective, if that's what you want to be about, that's okay. But when you don't have your affairs in order, you, you better be prepared for situations like this. And right now, nobody in college football feels bad for Lincoln Riley. Nobody. People think yeah, he tampered with Jordan Addison in the transfer portal, trans, uh, tampered with some other players. Nobody feels bad for Lincoln Riley right now, and I love it. Exactly. And and here's the thing. With the kind of NIL culture, everything like that, yeah, you're going to have some, you know, players that like are go, are, that are going somewhere because they like the money. Yeah, of course. That gives you the opportunity to buy them off. But my, oh, my, the poetic justice. It would be if at the end of November, Malachi flips and Lincoln Riley is left scrambling at the end of November, just before the first signing day, to get his affairs in order. You know what that reminds me of, Tyler? That reminds me of this past November, when at the end of November, our head coach up and leaves and left us scrambling to pull the class back together. Stop people from, you know, transferring. Stop people from decommitting. We're about to sign the 2022 class. Well, that that put us in a little bit of a tough position time-wise. Of course, all of us would have loved for Lincoln Riley to tell us ahead of time, hey, you know, I'm going to coach out the end of this season, but I'm going to go on to USC after this. So the poetic justice of him losing his top recruit at the 11th hour would just be – it would be – Dare I say Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, it would be. And like this text from the 918 says, you live by the NIL, 
you die by the NFL or by the NIL. Um, and, and that's the thing, right? Is I think OU's fans' minds have been changed on a couple of things over the past month. And we talked about it earlier in the show. You know, a month ago it was who oh boy, uh, is this 2023 class going to take shape because we don't have a lot of commits right now, we're really down in the rankings, and now today, a month later, you're saying, God, we might end up having a top five class by the time it's all said and, it's said and done. Wow. I mean, everyone's minds have really flipped about this 23 class in a month, and I think in the same timeline, too, we used to get the text all the time, man. OU's going to have to be more aggressive in NIL. If they're not, if they're not spending as much money as Texas or Texas A&M, they're going to get left behind. We heard all the takes, but now you see a, a USC kind of self-destructing right now and the way that OU's going about it. I think OU fans are sitting around today saying, oh, thank God they, got, they hired a guy like Brent Vittables who's handling NIL and everything else the way that they are. This, I think OU fans see that this is the better way to go about things, not the way that USC is trying to construct it. Yeah, a couple of things uh, about that, right? When you look at things where people were on the fence about, you know, it's, well, OU's got to get serious about NIL or else they're just going to have, you know, nobody wanting to commit here. Or you've got the other one of, Man, this whole this whole Brent thing about how he doesn't allow visits after somebody commits, man, that's getting mixed mixed reviews. I don't think it's I don't think it's a safe bet. To quote Kevin Harvick, winning cures all problems. And OU has been doing nothing but that in the month of July and in, in the latter half of uh, of June because you know what everybody's saying now? Brent Venables, genius when it comes to not letting people visit after they commit you know what yeah genius that he didn't put nil payments at the forefront of his recruiting pitch um so yeah winning cures all problems and uh yeah we're winning on the recruiting trail and it is curing it curing a lot of problems tommy says another great show fellas appreciate that tommy jay in tulsa says all malachi nelson is doing right now is driving up the price on usc if they don't get their NIL crap together soon, he's going to the highest bidder. And that, Jay, that might be that might be true. That could totally be accurate. But even just that, right? Even just your top ranked recruits visiting another school because he wants his NIL price to drive even higher. Does that sound like really ask yourself? Because I respect everyone's opinions on college football around here. We're a very smart fan base, a very smart state when it comes to college football. Does that sound like a program that's ready to turn it around and win a national championship? I mean, seriously, I think we all know the the, the answer to that. But in no way, the, their quarterback commit going around to other places, trying to demand more money, that's not a program that's going to withstand the test of time, win at a high level, win consistently. You play by the NIL, you die by the NIL, just like that text said. It's totally accurate. Well, and, and like we like we said in, the, I believe it was the first hour, Malachi Nelson did a interview with ESPN where he talked about how NIL, can, if, if not handled correctly, can damage your image, can damage your reputation. He said he's seen it before, and I think we all probably know who – he was talking about when he says that. That's the thing. He's hype. He's aware of this. He's aware of how kids get painted if they're painted with the this guy only cares about money brush. 
So that's what's so interesting to me is because I don't think I, – I really don't think that he's there driving up his price because I think he knows, look, like I, I'm, I already know people get a bad rap because of NIL and exactly this thing. That's and and you wouldn't and you wouldn't say that to ESPN if you didn't at least mean it or intend to have some actions behind it. I think there's just there's legitimate, you know, maybe worry about going to USC. Maybe they've seen maybe he's seen something through spring ball. Maybe he's seen something through the summer workouts. Maybe he saw the ballerina workouts that we saw on video and said, uh uh-uh. uh. No kettlebells for me, my friend. I'm heading to somewhere where we actually lift weights. It could be any of those things. Maybe, maybe Lincoln Riley said, hey, we're going to the Big Ten. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm going to the Chargers or something like that. And Malachi goes, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to find somewhere else to play. It could be a number of reasons. Um, but with him, I don't, I personally, just based off the information we have, I don't believe that he's there to drive up the price necessarily. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, Text line, do you think Riley is sending Nelson out to different schools to try and get players to come to USC? Hard to believe it could be done, but Riley is a sneaky, sleazy operator. Three laughing face emojis. I would not put it past Lincoln Riley. However, no, (laughs) I do not think that that is what's going on right now. And maybe I'm a little bit biased, and I am ashamed of myself that I am rooting this hard for something good to happen to Texas A&M. But, yeah, I am rooting for Texas A&M to get a massive recruiting flip this week. I've gotten a ton of content and a ton of laughs on A&M's recruiting class this year absolutely sucking and being in the 60s. But I will sacrifice those jokes. I will sacrifice that content if Malachi Nelson ends up flipping to A&M. Which, hey, by the way, forget just Ma- – we've just been mentioning just Malachi Nelson. It's not just Malachi Nelson. Their second-highest-ranked recruit, Zach Branch, what, he's also there this weekend, Travis, and there's been rumors now for two weeks that he was going to flip to A&M anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those. that's really where a lot of these rumors started. And, and, and Zach Branch – He's the number five overall player in the entire country, number one wide receiver, a nine nine six seven on the two four seven rankings. This isn't like I said. This is not a situation where it's just oh, just another guy. But oh man, I hope we don't lose Malachi. I mean, this guy is anchoring a ton of a, a ton of that class's ranking. I mean, th- three out of the top four players in the country are quarterbacks. So if if you go with uh, obviously just taking one quarterback per, per class unless you're Nick Saban, which for some reason needs two top ten quarterbacks in the same class. I mean, you eliminate those, and you've got the second highest non-QB in the country. I mean, that's a massive blow. And, I mean, obviously I know his brother Zion is at USC. Uh, got word that he actually, I believe he tore his ACL um, during spring, summer. That's definitely a bummer. Um, but... It's, it's, Zach, Zachariah Branch is a massive player. You lose him, yeah, and it's bad. You lose Malachi, Lincoln might want to call his agent. Yeah. Seems obvious Malachi Nelson not committed to team concept. Mule shoe, not enough to keep him by himself. Uh, let me read a few more here. Let's not forget that Lincoln did Sooner Nation a favor by leaving. Thanks, Riley. Coach BV is going to crush it. 
Malachi is telling TVOW, don't worry, coach. It's okay. I can't read the rest of that, but it is very funny. <laughs> 214. I did laugh at that. Nelson going to A&M means you'll have to play him. That's fine. I, look, I'm not scared of A&M. If A&M gets a good quarterback and a good wide receiver, guess what? They'll still be A&M. They've always been A&M. They've, you know, on the reg have gotten great recruiting classes. I Look, Malachi Nelson can go there. It will not change my opinion of what a and is going to look like in the future, okay? Their uh, success level at quarterback, Johnny Manziel. Who else? Don't throw Ryan Tannehill at me. He had to move to wide receiver at one point in his career at Texas A&M. So that's fine. They they can get a five-star quarterback and a five-star receiver. They just got the number one overall class in the nation last year. Guess what? Still not worried about Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, the the people that worry about Texas A&M are the the same people that worry about Texas. And it's a, I I will believe it when I see it. Um, And... To, you know, to try and stick with the theme here at Flamingo Fish and Marine, the idea that you would, you know, already have Malachi in your class and you send him to Texas A&M to try and recruit for you, that's like having a fish in the boat, throwing it back into the water in hopes that it will go gather more fish to come back and jump into your boat as a bigger group. It's just, it's not what you do. You got him on the line, you keep him in the boat, you don't let him visit other schools, which is... Brent Venable's philosophy. We're back to it. One more. Uh, I can hear Jimbo now. We didn't get Malachi from USC. We got him from the transfer portal. If Jimbo throws out that line. that's a quote. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Incredible. That would be amazing. I would would like Jimbo instant. Like, instantly I would like Jimbo ten times more. I don't like Jimbo at all. I think he's a bum. But it's, I mean, if he says that. Man, he'll change my mind on him pretty quickly. I won't like him, but at least he'll get back to even. I am, uh, if he does that, I'm willing to go 48 hours without any Jimbo slander, which all of you that listen to the show know that that would be incredibly difficult for me, but I would be willing to, yeah, no Jimbo slander for 48 hours if we said that. Oh, Make make sure that's be, a Monday and Tuesday oh. with Ted because I don't think I can sign up for that. So make sure that's Monday or th- Monday through Deal. Thursday because on Friday we, we we slander Jimbo on Fridays. Deal. Deal. Yeah, um, we can slander him next segment about what he said on the uh, Cowherd Show. Yeah, we got coaches oh. who try our best to send as many players to the NFL as possible. Whoa, that's unique to Texas A&M, Jimbo. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, we send as no. many players to the NFL as we can. Well, yeah, yeah no crap. Like, <laughs> Jeez. Really groundbreaking stuff there, it. Jimbo. All right, let's have fun in this final hour before we hit the weekend. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Friday Rush rolls on next on The Ref. Final hour of the Friday Rush taking you into the weekend. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Connor Pasby hanging out with us back in studio your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. All right, sorry, Jim in Arlington has uh, texted and tweeted a couple times about this today. He wanted us to talk about the stupid, ignorant take by uh, Bear Felica of ESPN, the college football betting expert, who says OU will hit the under on nine and a half wins this year. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a bad take, and, I, and, and here's why. Because I think the number is way off like something doesn't add up to me travis because the over under is nine and a half right okay well all of the early lines 
OU is a favorite to win the game. Now, initially by one betting service, Texas was the favorite, but that quickly adjusted, and I believe OU is now the favorite. So OU is favored to win every single game, okay? Even by the ESPN FPI, which I think is crap, OU is favored in the FPI to win every single game except the Texas game this year. Then you look at the preseason rankings, and they're most likely going to start at number 10. So I don't know. I there's Most numbers are pretty similar as to what people think OU's going to be, but the over-under win total is the one that's unlike the rest with 9.5. So I don't understand how they're in 9.5 when they're favored to win every single game. Like, if that makes sense, like the numbers don't add up to me here. Yeah, it's it's not his first bad take by any means. Won't be his last. When you make a lot, when you have a lot of takes, you're going to have some bad ones. So we're going to chalk this one up to uh, one of his bad ones. And I, I just again, any time we're talking about records, I say show me the losses. That's all I say. Show me the losses. And you you can't you can't. You can't show me a schedule where OU wins nine only nine games. I, I I've the the most you know pessimistic OU fans I talk to, they say, so where do you think we're gonna end up? I said, oh, probably uh, I don't know, probably at least in the conference championship game, trying maybe for a playoff spot, outside chance of playoff spot. That's the most pessimistic ones I'm finding. And trust me, yeah. I that's all I do all day is you know talk to OU fans. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's just bad, you know. It's it's like it's like we've talked about with with every list or take during the offseason about OU. They figured out very early, um, some would say maybe late November uh, of this past November, that if they say something dumb about OU, they will be an overnight celebrity. They will get more engagement than they ever have gotten, and I think that got figured out. Uh, I think we've been extremely predictable in that, but that's what happens when you roll as deep as uh, Sooner Nation does. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing to get ratioed on Twitter, and there's one thing to, you know, lose a ton of money. Now, Vegas isn't going to lose just a, a, a ton of money if OU goes 11-1 and and the over hits. I mean, that'll be a losing proposition, I'm guessing, but that's not going to bankrupt the entire town. I just, like, to think that OU, the under's going to hit on 9.5 – a couple of things have to be true. One, you have to think that OU is going to be worse this year than they were last year. And if you're paying attention at all to the current situation and the roster, um, and, and yeah, this team is unproven, I understand that, but I don't think really anyone around here thinks that this team's going to be worse than what they were last year. I, I think that the expectation by far is that they're going to be a much better team than they were a year ago. Also, the schedule's going to have to be tougher than it was last year because last year's team really didn't impress all that much, and they still only lost two games. The o- Last year's team would have hit the over on nine and a half. I don't necessarily know if the schedule is tougher this year than it was last year. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to be as good as they were a year ago. I don't necessarily think Baylor's going to be good as they were a year ago. Kansas State might be a little better. Maybe Texas is better. But the better teams you face, I think, have a chance to be just a little bit worse. I, I'm with you, man. Show me the losses. But it doesn't make any sense to me at all how you would think OU's a 9-3 and football team going into this year. That It just well, and the, doesn't add up to me. The better teams, you get them both at home. 
Like the 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 OSU and Baylor games are at home this year, so I mean you've got yeah. to take that into consideration. I mean that swings that swings the line every time. I mean, so it's I don't know. It's it's a bad line, and I guess they are just hoping that Dylan Gabriel miss you know gets injured or something. Um, that's a good point brought up on the text line from the five eight zero. Unless Gabriel misses extended time, that's that's the only way in my mind. And hey, who's who's to say who amongst us can can you know doubt General Booty, you know, to get in there and sling it or Davis Bevel or any of these guys to get in there if if the running game is as good as I think it's going to be and the defense makes an improvement up to you know maybe a top twenty-five defense even you can still win with the rest of our roster. If Dylan, if something were to happen to Dylan and he were to miss some time, because I, th- I think we've been spoiled with number one overall quarterbacks, Heisman, number one. Like, I watch other games. I'm like, hey, this guy, you know, this guy's at least getting it done. Like, other teams are able to win without a Heisman candidate at quarterback. Like, it's so, like, sure. a lot of teams, many, many, much of Alabama the Alabama did it with an average quarterback a couple of years. <laughs> Exactly. So I do think, you know, Dylan is head and shoulders the starter. I'm not trying to say anything like that. We are absolutely a better football team with Dylan Gabriel. He raises our ceiling tremendously. But if he goes down, I don't I don't think that we just all right, hang it up. I guess we're gonna lose every game now that now that Dylan's done. I guess uh guess we'll go ahead and not even go out on the field and try. I mean, I don't think there's gonna be any of that. Yeah, I don't either. Georgia did it this year. Great point. Yeah, Stetson Bennett won a national championship, and people in the southeast were like, all right, he should hang it up. He shouldn't play quarterback next year. Yeah, he just won a national championship, but he should save himself the embarrassment of going back out there again this year so he didn't ruin his legacy. Yeah, man, it it definitely has happened. It happened this year. Um, After Riley left and BV came, Sooners are number five in NCAA According to Vegas Futures, it's the nine and a half is not accurate. And I've said it now for over a month. If you really like, if you if you gamble on sports, one, we would get along really well. But two, I think that there's a real chance here. There's some lines out there where you can make some money on OU. I think, especially early on, I think some of these lines. You know, be it the Nebraska game, which I think is around three and a half or so. Uh, The UTEP game, I think, is around 31, 32. I think that you can catch Vegas early on in the year misevaluating what OU really is. And I definitely think you can make some money on betting the over on nine and a half. There's money there to be made. But the sweetest bet of all, and I know I've brought this up a few times this week, so if you've heard it before, I apologize, but it bears repeating the fact that you can go on the DraftKings Sportsbook and you can bet OU or USC for more total wins this year is the easiest bet, bar none, that I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Man. OU or USC, more wins. I get it that USC's schedule is crap. I understand that. Their offensive line is also crap. Their defense is also crap. There is no question, with or without Dylan Gabriel, OU will win more games than USC this year. If you would like to make some money, go bet on that. Yeah, and you can't say, "Oh, you know, you know, maybe their their offensive line was crap last year, and maybe their defense was crap last year, but now they've got Alex Grinch running things on the defense, 
And uh, now you've got Lincoln Riley there without Bill Biedenbow, but with Benny Wiley. So <laughs> back on up, Tyler, because uh, things are a-changing at USC. Like, give me a break. Uh, let, let's get to one more before we hit a break from the 918. So if we miss out on the playoff this year, will we all be disappointed? Because I get that that's where we want to be, but even getting to a New Year's Six Bowl would be an excellent debut season for Brent Venables. That's a good question. Here's what I would say, and it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. Do you believe OU will be a better football team than they were last year? I think everyone would probably say yes to that. Okay, well, if you think that you're a better football team than you were last year and you're going to be better defensively and you're going to be more consistent offensively, you should be an 11-1 football team at the end of the season. I, I, I think with this schedule, Travis, and I don't necessarily believe right now they're ready to win a national championship, but I think absolutely, 100%, the expectation should be for this year's team to make it to a playoff. Alabama and Ohio State right now are the clear one and two teams, but outside that, man, there's a whole lot of uncertainty in the sport. How will Georgia, or not bounce back, but how will Georgia respond after a natty? How will Clemson respond after a down year? Notre Dame, uh, Michigan after a play. Like, you get the point. There's so much uncertainty outside of those two teams. There's no reason why OU, the talent level that they have with the schedule that they have, can't be a playoff team. And, in fact, that's my expectation is that they're going to win the Big 12 and be a playoff team this year. That's what it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't know how many times I've got, you know, to kind of run through this, but let's just break it down. Roster, fourth best in the country, 71% blue chip ratio. Offensive coaching, better now that uh, Levy has taken over. He's got he's got better offense than Lincoln the last few years. So offense got better, and he's been doing it in the SEC. He's not been doing it in the Big 12. So uh, offense got better. Talent is uh, top four. Where else? Oh, defense. Have I mentioned that there's 13 national title appearances on on the defensive additions? Um, that's clearly going to get better. These are proven coaches that have developed first-round picks. That's gotten better. And the other thing is why are people acting like Oklahoma's the only people that are replacing talent? What's the difference between Caleb Williams going out to USC and Georgia having their entire defense drafted? What's what, what I mean what's the difference there? They both aren't playing on on, you know, the team the next year. So why is Oklahoma talked about as the only team that's losing any production? Because last I checked, the really good teams they get a lot of people drafted, and I know we had a lot of people drafted yeah. too, especially on the defense. So the the idea that we just, oh, cupboards are bare, I guess we're just going to have an all-freshman team, and I, I hope they can do some good. Like, give me a break. These big teams, like I said, Georgia got their entire defense drafted, and nobody's talking about, oh, man, and that Georgia, let's see what they look like. Nope, everybody's like, eh, they'll probably fight for the playoff spot, and they probably will. But guess who else yeah. will? Oklahoma. Yeah, now they will. Hey, uh, breaking news in recruiting. Well, about 20 minutes old now. We've talked a lot on Locked In about Richard Young, five-star running back out of the state of Florida. We slowed down our conversation about him because it seems like, you know, oh, you got their two running back commits for this class. You know, it's 
I think OU kind of saw the writing on the wall there. Well, there was a prediction that dropped earlier today for Richard Young to Oregon, and I was like, Sam Spiegelman what? on three. Huh? What? What's going on? Uh, Richard Young just committed to Alabama. The number one running back in the nation chose Alabama over Oregon and Georgia. It's Bama's third five-star this week alone. Ish. Yeah, I mean, did we <laughs> – I mean, it's funny because we talk about you know, A&M, oh, man, they're down in the rankings. They're going to add some talent. But when we were down there and everybody was saying we're in shambles and everything like that, and we were, I don't know, ranked like a, a spot or two ahead or behind Alabama, it's like, guys, the, the example's right here. Alabama is going to finish with a top three class like they always do for the last decade or something like that. So, you know, the uh, it, that that Sam Spiegelman from on three, he's the na- he's national recruiting analyst. Uh, for on three man and five hours before the decision puts in (laughs) puts in an OU or an Oregon crystal ball or a uh, prediction uh, what they called on that site and five hours later the body's still warm on that take and oof, it's Mm. bad yeah tough take all right a couple more segments left on the Friday rush we'll get to more of your texts coming up next on the air comfort solutions text line 405-651-3439 keep it locked in the ref Friday Rush, live on the ref for the Homeless Center fans, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. I'm at Westwood Park Golf Course in Norman. Travis is on Lake Eufaula, Flamingo Fish and Marine. He was a part of a pretty cool NIL deal today where a few all OU offensive linemen were out there uh, fishing. That was a good time. Jacob, uh, not Jacob Sexton. Who, who am I thinking of? Uh, who caught the Jake, most fish today? I already Jake forgot. Taylor, Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor. Jacob Sexton was out there today. Yes. Jake Taylor yes, he got, was. caught the most fish oh. with eight. He caught eight today. First time fishing, by the way, for Jake Taylor out of uh, Vegas, which was uh, is pretty awesome, man. That's so hilarious. First first time fishing, and he catches the most. Yeah, wow. he got the uh, he got the uh, nickname um, that some of you may have seen on my Twitter. Um, being from Vegas, uh, the joke was said that he might know more about fish nets. Um, the kind you wear, not the mm, not the kind that yeah. you uh, fish with. So uh, now it's uh, Jake. Fishnet Taylor. So we're gonna we're gonna see uh, what kind of uniform compliance we can uh, we can get together for the season. <laughs> One quick text here. Uh, what are five guys that you guys that you guys think are locks for OU or have a really good chance at in the twenty three class? Okay, so three guys that immediately come to mind for me: Jacoby Johnson, four star athlete out of Mustang, probably going to be a defensive back at OU. I would OU's probably OU's going to get him. Macari Vickers, four-star safety out of Tallahassee. I feel really good about him. And Peyton Bowen, four-star uh, four-star player out of uh, Denton, Texas. I feel really good that he's going to flip from Notre Dame to OU. Those are three that immediately off the top of my head. Um, Travis, are there two others to round out that list that I'm not thinking of or that you'd add? Man, man you, uh, you, you, you stole the, uh, the easy ones. For the most part, as far as you know, what if you? It, hey, we're we're back to Flip City, baby. Uh, let's go with Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold's teammate Ryan Yates, currently committed okay. uh, to LSU. Uh, he's six two corner, um, again out of uh, out of Denton, uh, uh, out of Denton, Geyer. And uh, if if Peyton Bowen flips, and Jackson's already in the boat. Can you imagine a world that that Ryan Yates doesn't flip to? I mean, he's 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 been on visits. It's somebody to look for. So, if your scenario 
happens, then I think Ryan Yates adds to my flip total, making it two of the eventual four. Um, and then give me Tassili Akana. Uh, he didn't make the trip uh, for yeah, this weekend, yeah, but yeah. I still uh, I still like where OU stands for for him. Obviously, this is a linebacker, um, but he'll play defensive end at Oklahoma, and I think Miguel Chavez is going to wrap that up. Four-star player out of the state of Utah. So we're bringing up players right now. It's uh, blue-chip guys, four-star players, high-level four-star players for sure. All right, we cannot get out of here without making fun of Jimbo one final time. Connor, will you please replay the clip from earlier this week of Colin Cowherd asking Jimbo to sell him on Texas A&M? Here's, here's what A&M has. It has the most complete package of any school in, in the country. When you're talking about culture of university, this place is unbelievable. When you get here, and you'll see it. The commitment to people have. It's top 20 educational school in the country. Education's through the roof. The commitment that we have made to our, for instance, right now, we're building a new $160 million facility right now that's going to be state-of-the-art, which no one in the country is going to have for your personal development and what we have. We have coaches that won the five coaches that have won a national championship. Ooh. We have coaches that have put as many NFL players in the NFL as we can. Afterwards, you're talking about this. We're the sixth richest school in the country with an $18 billion endowment for life after ball. You're talking about one of the two largest alumni associations in the country at 550,000 alums. There's 109,000 people at every game. You're playing an SEC schedule each and every time. And here's the important thing. I want, do you want to go somewhere that has won a championship or you want to be the first to do it? The people you remember, the guys that really make a difference in the world are the guys that are the first to do it. If you go somewhere else and just be another guy, you're just another guy. Come here and be the first guy to ever do it and set the standard for a new organization. Those are the ones that got statues outside that they talk about all the time. <laughs> all right, Travis, dunk on him. Man, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, one, thing, one thing I'm going to point out that really, really annoys me about Texas fans and A&M fans and apparently their own head coach. They talk about the school's endowment like they got a joint checking account with, with the school. Oh, man, my school's got all this money. Really? Really? Because well, you're broke. Like, so don't don't talk to me about your school's endowment uh, like like it's your money to play with. So that's that's first and foremost. That's always a big thing, and especially with this OU SEC move. Everybody's like, ha-ha, OU's broke. I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't have all that money that Texas has, right? Like, you as a fan don't have that money, right? Like, you get that, right? So uh, the other thing... And the biggest thing I got to take from it, does Jimbo not know that Texas A&M won a national title in 1939? How can you be the (laughs) first to do something at a program when something's already been done? And secondly, I think I found the reason. I think I found the reason why he doesn't know that they won a national title in 1939. is because they don't have any statues of anybody that was on that team in 1939. And he must think that if you're the first to do it, well, he must have a statue. And he walked around the uh, campus down there in College Station and said, well, here's a statue of a, uh, of a dog. Here's a statue of a uh, Confederate general. Uh, well, here's a statue of uh, uh, the 12th man. Okay, well, looks like they got no statues, so they must ain't got no titles either. Well, that's not how it works, Jimbo. Sorry. You've won a national title, or they've won a national title at that program before in 1939. And just because nobody nobody that was alive to see it actually is still alive. But that's that's what amazes me. You're not the first to do it if you do it at A&M. You're just the first to do it in a long time, which is more miserable. And I'm sorry, if that, that whole fallacy of, well, do you want to be the first to do it? I don't know. People seem pretty happy when they win them at Bama. 
They seem pretty happy when they won, you know, the one in Georgia. You know, they seem seem pretty happy every time they win it. I don't think anybody wins a national title, and as the confetti's falling down, as they're kissing the trophy, they're going, I'm just another guy, just another guy that won a national championship. This sure is boring. It would mean more if I did it at Vanderbilt. Well, that's not how it works. That's never how it's going to work. But you know who says that? A guy who's coaching at a school who has not come close to a national title in decades. That's who says that because they're having to sell those lies to uh, teenagers. And I guarantee you, if he says that to a teenager, I'll be the follow-up guy. Send me in right after Jimbo leaves. And I'll be like, yeah, that guy said that you don't want to go to a program that wins national titles? Huh. That's interesting. You don't want to go work at you don't want to go work at the Fortune 500 companies because they've already made it. Those are the, yeah they're they're too good. I want to be the guy that works at the at the crappy company, you know, and try and make it Fortune 500. No nah, man, no nah, man. Google calls you, Apple call you, pick up the phone and say, "Yep, I'm on my way." Yep, well said. All right, final segment of the Friday Rush is next. Final segment of the week. Wrapping it up on the Friday Rush. Thank you to Westwood Park Golf Course for having me out. Thank you to Flamingo Fish and Marine on Lake Eufaula for having Travis out. And, Travis, before we get out of here real quick, here is a quote from a Nebraska, I believe, offensive lineman. He was trying to sum up the close losses from last season. He said, quote, it's like going to a bar every Friday and talking to a chick all night, and all of a sudden her boyfriend walks over and takes her home, end quote. Wow! Oh, 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 oh. Wow! What a what a great quote! I I don't know who this guy is, but I like him. I mean, I hope he has yeah. an, an awful day, you know, against us. But you know what? I'm I'm rooting for that guy. That's that's good quality stuff. That's how things are going on in Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow! All right, everyone, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. We're the ref, the homeless center fans.